Reverend Rebecca Parker tells the story of when she first became the president of the Star King School for the Ministry, which is one of just two uh, seminaries specifically for Unitarian Universalists. She remembers feeling very proud of herself as she moved to California to take up the job. She had charted her own course, was captain of her ship. She'd first become a classical cellist, then a minister, now an educator and president of a seminary. When she got to Oakland, she discovered that she had a bunch of distant cousins that she had previously never met. So they decided to all get together and get to know each other. She writes, over jello salad, homemade rolls and tuna casserole, reminiscent of every church potluck that I'd ever been to, we said hello to one another. Here was Jane, a minister of religious education and graduate of the Pacific School of Religion. Here was Mike, a professional French horn player and high school music teacher. And Eldon, a seminary dean. And David, a United Methodist parish minister. Every single one of my cousins was a musician, a minister, or teacher, and several were all three. Not only that, the ministers were all liberal activists with an intellectual bent, and all the musicians were classical. Apparently, she writes, I had never made any choices at all. I did not make myself. My life was given to me. And this, she says, is how it always is. We receive who we are before we choose who we will become. As human beings, our lives begin and never leave the soil of this earth that shapes us through blood, kinship, genes, culture, association, social systems, networks of relationships and extended communities. Even when we do not directly know the people whose lives are linked with ours, our lives unfold in relationship to theirs. This story from Rebecca Parker has been on my mind often as we've thought about life after the pandemic, especially our church life after the pandemic. For all that remains unknown and uncertain, this story reminds us that there's also always a constancy, something that abides across all of life's uncertainty and disruption. It's what Parker calls the covenant we inherit. Covenants are those promises that we make with ourselves, with one another, and with something greater in pursuit of our highest values. So her theory is that we inherit our covenants before we have the chance to create them for ourselves. In the before times, I used to say, this is the story that's in the church walls. So that when you walk in the building on Sunday, it just starts to seep in without you even realizing it, who these people are, what it would mean to be part of this community, what it has meant for the whole of its existence and will mean ever on. Sometimes this idea of this being in the church walls can be very literal. I mean, people with like photos of ministers 
that have ever served the church hung in a line or with extensive posters of all the church ministries vying for everyone's attention. Mostly though, it's something deeper, the presence of a history, a thread, as William Stafford puts it, that you can trace across the whole of that community's existence. It's a story that is true regardless of the particular people who gather in that place at any given time. It is the congregational DNA. It can be altered and impacted by each person who joins. It is altered and impacted by each person who joins or who leaves. But there's something about it that never changes. Now that we've spent 15 months going to church without ever encountering our walls, though, I've had moments of wondering where this story resides among us now. It's a little bit like those early days of moving from a hard drive to the cloud. You know, even though in a lot of ways that means it's safer, less likely to be lost, you can start to feel like maybe it's the opposite when you can't hold something in your hands, you feel its weight or its textures, it's hard to trust that it continues to exist. But as we've learned through this pandemic, just because something has become less tangible or visible doesn't actually make it less real or impactful. The thread of this congregation just as with the thread of our lives and with life itself continues to pulse, calling us forward into a future that is both entirely new and exactly as it has always been. A version of us entirely new and exactly as we have always been. Over the last few years, a group of church members, many of you know, they've been gathering as under the guise of what they call the history project with a goal of telling the story, the thread of our congregation, beginning with those seeds sown way back in the late 1800s. Their work will result in a full book published by our 125th anniversary in 2023. And a video telling a shortened version of that history, something that we could show to newcomers and offer on our website and that we wanna offer you this morning. As you watch, I invite you to listen for that story that you recognize, the transcendent truth of our community that we can lean on and place our trust in no matter how life continues to shift. Listen for the values that have carried the community forward and that will keep carrying us forward in comfort and in courage. These are the clues that will help us navigate the road ahead. Most of all, listen for that steadfast presence of love that was offered to each person who arrived and has been offered to each of us in our arrival as a gift, our inheritance. And then in turn, the ways we are each called to offer it to each person who comes next, ensuring that whatever the future brings, love abides.